Content warning for the discussion of not safe for work subjects, including kinks. I have a quote about Hugo's religious flaws from his writings. I thought you were going to say, I have a quote about Hugo, and I was like, really? Great. <laughs> Thank you. Good job. <laughs> Kids, Lamo's podcast about. I'm not sure what. It's all about the bishop today. Yeah, it's all about the bishop. I was like, oh, we're moving on to Jean Valjean. And I was like, no, we're not. No, we're we're really not. We literally it's just more, had a conversation about bishop. Us. <laughs> um, my name is Nemo. I'm moderator. I use they, them pronouns. And I. Recently dyed my hair green. Recently dyed my hair green. Hi, I'm Grace. I'm your primary researcher. And I use they, them pronouns, and I haven't dyed my hair green. No, you haven't. Which no. is frankly disappointing. Yeah, actually, you have green hair, I'm wearing a green jumper, everything else on Stevie is green. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, this is Stevie, a little P. She had secondary researcher who didn't do the right research again for the second week <laughs> running. <laughs> I directed myself at what I... Thought maybe was going to happen, knowing it probably made wasn't going to happen. I made a, a really strong gamble. <laughs> it could have paid off and been beautiful. Instead, here's Grace. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. I, what I really love about this setup is that um, we we've moved the microphone in between me and Stevie, like on a thing on a cushion. But every time Stevie and I talk, we like turn to look at the microphone as if it's a person. <laughs> and so it's like every time we're just like an aside to the microphone. But it's not to the microphone, it's like to this person in between us. I have to make eye contact to pay attention to what someone's saying. And I need the microphone to have my full attention. It's like it's it's the audio version of the office. It looks into the microphone like it's like you're in the office. I have some like random Question. Not like questions. Yeah, things like in response to maybe things we said in the last episode. Let's do that first. Do I do that first? Yeah, let's do that first. Let's do let's do questions and corrections. So we got a quibble from a person called Elliot, um, whose pronouns whose pronouns I don't know, so I'm going to use they them um, because I didn't ask like an idiot. Anyway. they said they pointed out that um, in the first episode, when we were talking about Leami, who show up later, much, 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 much later in the book, um, we said that they were rich young boys, and I think I used bourgeoisie, yeah. Um, but Elliot pointed out that only two of them are bourgeois, and the rest um, aren't. They just have. Uh, more income than a working class person like Freely and some other people. Anyway, all that is to say, I used, I didn't, I previously did not understand what bourgeois meant. I thought, I thought it was the same or just slightly different from aristocracy. My understanding of aristocracy is titled, has a lot of money. My understanding of bourgeois was like just slightly under that, has a shit ton of money. Um, but apparently didn't mean that in 19th century. Um, we are definitely, definitely going to have to have a much, much larger conversation about this um, in, like, an entire episode. 
possibly a lot of episodes because class is like one of the big things in this mm, book. Yeah, and especially the the bourgeoisie as well is that like, mm. a lot of the revolution rides on where the two the people too will rise as it were. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's the bourgeoisie which let the June Revolution fail. Wasn't rebellion. It? June Rebellion. Yeah. June Rebellion because it wasn't a revolution. That's nope. the whole point. <laughs> the whole point. Yeah. Where, like let it, like let it fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of research on that particular thing. But yeah, we're going to come back to the bourgeois with research. I will be aimed at bourgeois. I'm coming for you. (laughs) So thank you, Elliot, for pointing this kind of stuff out. And like, if anyone else points out stuff like that, definitely going to talk about it. Yeah, please please, point stuff out. Especially things that we get mistakes on, because like sometimes my understanding of things isn't too great and, you know, we're learning and want to learn with mm. you. Yeah, and we don't want to make anyone... Gives us, gives us stuff for research. Yeah, it gives us stuff for research. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a great yeah. time looking at universal suffrage and stuff like that. So, um, yes, we're definitely going to come back to this. As a correction, they're not all bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> or upper class. Or upper class. <laughs> None of them yeah. are upper class, they're not all bourgeois. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though, um, uh, Marius is technically aristocracy. Okay, and we have another correction question. Well, no, comment. Do you know what it is? It's a quibble. (laughs) My quibble that I actually already discussed this weekend, but I was like, for the listeners. I want to clear my name, actually. (laughs) So please ask. In case anyone else was also having this, like, that I've been thinking about for a very long time. (laughs) Are you attracted to. To Russell Crozier or just that's Vergevin. a different question to the one that that's you asked. That's a different question because you're not question. attracted. To, are you attracted? Not to really. Or no, or in love with. God. The question that you asked this weekend was when you're reading fan fiction. For <laughs> do, you <laughs> read, do you imagine <laughs> Russell Crowe? And I was like, no. <laughs> you have a Javert next to your bed. I had to know. Whose <laughs> human voice are a you hearing? Who is made very kindly and, and beautifully by Julian, our producer. No, I don't imagine Russell Crowe when I'm reading fan fiction. <laughs> I just had to check. Would you not rather okay, I ask yeah, no, okay. than assume yeah, that so, about you? Okay. I think I could just sense your temperature rising from over here. <laughs> so another thing I want to talk about a lot is fan fiction and how it's treated or how it's viewed by people who don't who aren't in the fandom and stuff like that and sometimes by people who are in the fandom there's there's this kind of like shame i think that fandom people and fanfic people have about talking about fanfic i'm trying i'm trying to get better at this kind of idea that fanfic isn't a shameful thing um so i'm gonna try and talk more openly about it at great cost to my own career. <laughs> Two legitimate sources in my little book of notes talk about fanfics. Okay, okay. So, so I'm, just, gonna, I'm just another legitimate source. I'll name and source. shame them too. Yeah, <laughs> me and them. Quoted in loads of people's in loads of people's essays. So it's basically the same thing. Yeah, right? basically. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm basically trying to say is that some people might might not have this understanding that there are other head canons for what people can look at, or what people assume. Or what people think about when they're reading hey, fanfiction. if I wasn't part of fandom, what would headcanon mean? So a headcanon is... Um, canon means that something officially happened in the text. So it is canon... 
that Jean Valjean went to prison for stealing a loaf of bread. This is an actual literary term as well. Canon <laughs> is an actual literary yeah, term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So head canon is a what a reader thinks is canon in their head. That doesn't necessarily mean that they think it happened in the book, but for them, it's... I, it's basically, I like to imagine. Yeah, I like to imagine mm-hmm. this. So I do not like to imagine that <laughs> it's <laughs> Russell Crowe. That is not my head I'm canon. I'm your Wales. name for Yeah, thank you. Thank you for like not making people assume that my head canon was oh, Russell. Uh, so, so in predominantly... I've only really seen it in the Lamers fandom because there's so many adaptations of Lamers. Um, when you when you have the different actors, you have to specify which char- which actor mm. you're talking about when you're talking about a character, and so it'd be you like see a lot of that in like um, like the sort of Sherlock Holmes sort of side of yeah, things. Yeah, as well. yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that. I think any mm. any time you have something that's played by so many actors um you be specific so in the 2012 layman's film it would be um jackman exclamation mark valjean and crow exclamation mark vert v-e-r-t because no crovert yeah (laughs) but then sometimes the headcanon isn't an actor who's played that but a lot of times one piece of fan art becomes the headcanon of a lot of people because the artist has a lot of fans and so like trans marius or like, like trans marius mm. um black cosette or there's there's one uh hijabi cosette mm. that's quite popular yeah, and, mm. um yeah you get all these like headcanons yes the end of that sentence is no. <laughs> no crow. No crow. No, no, no crow. <laughs> no crow. No crow. Thank you for clearing my name. <laughs> Actually, the funniest thing about this whole situation yeah. is that the first chapter that it, that we read this week, the title of it is Crevette. <laughs> really? No word oh of a lot. How is that spelled? No, not like that. Yeah, it's no. C R A V A T T E. Crevette. Cravat? Cravat. Cravat. Wow. But I was just like, hmm, relevant. (laughs) So, getting on to... Cravat. Yeah. Yeah. No, and actually, interestingly, the first line. Here's an event that falls naturally into place. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, you know, shenanigans. Like, the first chapter that we read is more um, the good, wholesome pureness of our good son, our good father, the goodest boy, our favourite... Muriel. It's Muriel. <laughs> Everyone's favourite Muriel. There's a robber, basically. There's a what? A robber. A robber? A robber. A robber. That's what there is. Who yeah. is not Jean Valjean. Spoilers a lot. Is Wait, the is only he a time thief? not Jean Valjean? No, yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> how can we know, really? Maybe it is Jean Valjean. Because <gasps> he dun. also steals something from a church. <laughs> like, really. So the dealio is that, like... Um, there's a uh, band of of thieves who are like causing havoc and get uh, the the band breaks up. But one of the lieutenants of this band called the Gaspar B um, escapes the breaking up and departs into the mountains and is like hiding in caves and ransacking <laughs> villages and like doing as all you the do, as, well, you, as do. you do when you're the escaped lieutenant of <laughs> of a, uh, a band of thieves right and um so 
he's you know making his way marauding i think is the is the verb used right and um oh yeah actually yeah i just looked down and saw his maraudings alarmed the countryside (laughs) that's what happens and um he breaks into a cathedral and steals when you see a catholic church and everyone all rises the parade of people walk down someone's swinging the incense Um, so the person who was taking the sermon, you know, all, all of the like the vestments, the as it were, someone is is carrying the um, Big the cross, cross. The, <laughs> cross, the cross and a stick, like all of that stuff. Basically, this motherfucker, he stole all that stuff okay. from a cathedral. Okay. He's a great guy. He's having a swell old time. So our best boy basically decides that this is a real good place to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, There's he, people marauding, yeah, stealing marauding, massive crosses. Right. And he's like, Gotta oh, go there. there's this nice village up in the mountains and he gets to, like, the beginning of the region, which is under a reign of terror. <laughs> and the mayor goes, turn back, turn back! And basically goes, oh, no, 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 it's all fine. And ambitious, and the mayor's like, no, for real, like, you're going to die. Or if you go, you're going to take guards with you. And then they're going to die if you don't care that you're going to die. And, of course, Bishop Muriel, being the motherfucker that he is, goes, I'll just go alone then. <laughs> like, this, this is how he gets his kicks. Yeah. Like, no, like, junkie. The third chapter is about this. Like, that's what it's about, him being an, an adrenaline junkie, basically. So he goes to this village to, like... To preach the word of God, basically, like he says, because the people need to talk to, about God and you know might need guidance and stuff. And the mayor goes, but you might run did run into the brigands. And he goes, yes, they might need me too. <laughs> just swell, really. And um, yeah, all the usual. They might kill you. He does it anyway. He takes a small boy with him, which I'm not going to question. Yeah, just, like just the boy is a take guide. Boy. Just but take it's fine boy. if the boy dies. Just take right? the like, boy. Just take, just the, take boy. the boy. I mean. JVJ takes just takes a small girl, so yeah. I mean, I mean, he he, children, he interacts right? with a boy as well. Maybe it's the same boy. Maybe it is the same, it's boy. Not the same boy. It's not the same boy. I don't think it's the same boy. I don't think it's the same no. boy. But there's a, there's a boy. There's a, there's a boy. Yeah, he gets to the hamlet and um, he stays there for a couple of weeks and he's preaching and doing all this shit um, and yeah, spreading the word of God and all that. And basically, he wants to do this specific ceremony. I get the impression that it's a song called the Te Deum? Is that a thing? When I was on yeah, Shmoop, it said that. Yeah, that was a thing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, that's one of the things. Like, I don't know what that is. So this is this is a thing. I was like, me and Grace, we just watched two seasons of The Exorcist, which yeah. is about Catholics, mm. and there was loads of Catholic stuff. Mm. I was, like, so sure. I mean, it's not that- a- about Catholics, it's about, well, it's about exorcists, exorcists, but they are Catholics. They are Catholics, and they talk about. But it's not Catholic like, oh yes, stuff. the exorcists. It's all about Catholics. It's like it's about demons. But like, it is about Catholics mm. reacting to demons for the most part. Mm. Um, and I was like really sure that when we came back to read it, We'd you would like, say something, yeah. and I'd be like, oh, oh that yes, was in the Exorcist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Father Marcus said that. I still have no idea anything about Catholicism. Yeah. Let me so, see it written down. No, it's it's like, That's like the, the God, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I think. He wished to have a ceremonial Te Deum sung. So mm-hmm. I'm getting the impression that it, it's a ceremony and there's singing involved. Um, but because it's a really poor parish, they don't have any of the fancy vestments that you need to do this, right? <laughs> hmm, where would you get a where fancy vestment? Where would you vestment? get that from, right? Like, this isn't on brand of him to be like, 
oh, I need some fancy stuff to do a thing. This is what's weird about this chapter. This is what's weird for me is that, like, I, it just, it's a little bit odd. Um, and so the, it's like all the village had was all this scruffy stuff with all this bad fake braiding. And I was like... Not like, good enough for <laughs> Muriel today. And, um, and the bishop goes, like, oh, that's fine. Like, he goes, announce that the ceremony's going to happen anyway. Something will turn up. <laughs> oh, my God. He's the fucking brigand. He was funding it or something. Yeah. Like, like, he wasn't. Let's, he, like, sent a message to a group yeah. of marauders and was yeah. like, go ransack the fucking cathedral. And then, like, James Potter in Sirius Black <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So basically, yeah, he goes, yeah, it'll something will turn up, right? Something the Lord will, turn will up. provide. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting. Maybe he has a holistic attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Bishop well, Muriel's holistic detective agency, detective capitalism um, agency. <laughs> What's your holistic job? <laughs> <laughs> this is a holistic podcast. <laughs> Everything happens. Maybe really. like I work with I like. I'm a holistic groom, which means that, like, I look after all animals as if they were horses. <laughs> I've got, like, a chicken, and I'm just like, yeah, great. <laughs> I don't know. Chewing don't the know. chicken. This isn't really chance and fate anymore. This is <laughs> Hugo being, like, pushes Muriel there, yeah. pushes Brigand Th- there, yeah. takes away vestments, <laughs> adds vestments, yeah. pushes them closer together. In this awkward situation, <laughs> suddenly... A large chest arrives for the bishop. <laughs> and it's like two two random guys on horses show up and then very quickly ride off. And he opens up the chest. And what is in the chest? I can tell you what's in the chest. It was found to contain a cope of cloth of gold, a mitre. It's a mitre. Ornamented with diamonds, an archbishop's cross, a magnificent crozier, and the rest of the pontifical raiment stolen a month previously from the cathedral where did that come where from that... no it literally just said it was stolen from the cathedral <laughs> oh, yeah. there's no there's no mystery here <laughs> and does muriel know that is he like that's his there is a note that says from the thief cravat <laughs> to monseigneur bienvenu so there's no him be like where could this no. possibly... The police just come and they're like, we have a note saying it's for you from the cathedral. And he's like... No, it's not from the cathedral. It's directly from the thief. Yeah, no. So like, like yeah. the police are like, yeah, yeah it says it must be love from the thief. From the thief. Mm. Do you need anything else ever? Mm. We love you, Bishop Mario. Just send your grocery list, <laughs> yeah. basically. Mm. Mm. Are we the thieves <laughs> trying to provide for Muriel? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. The bishop goes, hmm... I thought something would show up. <laughs> Holistic, everything is connected. Holistic, everything is connected. Everything is connected. And um, there's all this wisdom about, you know, like, if you're satisfied with what you have, God will send you... Better investments? Yeah. And the, the, like, the priest at this very poor pa- parish goes, God? <laughs> God? Yeah. And Muriel goes, yes, God. <laughs> like... Firmly, firmly goes, yes, it he was God. He sounds like a fucking like, mob boss now. He doesn't <laughs> like, sound like a good boy anymore. He's just a mob 100%. boss. Like, and basically goes on with, like, like you should never be afraid of, like, robbers and murderers. <laughs> never be afraid of me. Okay, sir, <laughs> sure. <laughs> he say through your broken teeth. <laughs> yeah. He leaves his cup. 
cupboard unlocked. Yeah, not because yeah, he thinks yeah, yeah. Jean Valjean's gonna take things. Because he, thinks he people are gonna has bring bought. Shit. Out, no, he it's because he has bought out all the mafia games. <laughs> and like, nobody would be like afraid. Like nobody would mm. be stupid, stupid enough, enough to go yeah. into his mm-hmm. house to do mm-hmm. anything. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I will remember this. God will remember. <laughs> God will this. remember this. Not me. You God. <laughs> you come into my rectory on the day my daughter is to be married. <laughs> The Godfather. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh my God. Mm. This is our Godfather oh. thank you. Oh. So he doesn't give them back. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Spoiler like, alert. Like, no, it's, it's from like, God, Stevie. It's, it's from God. God. Like it's literally, it's it's yeah. Along he moralizes that um that like priests. They should never be afraid of other people. Like, if you feel fear for yourself, your job, like a priest, should entreat God, but like not for themselves. It's you should pray for the person, like who pray for the robber slash murderer, as it were, that they will not sin. Like so that they won't sin on your through you. <laughs> God, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, all round. Yeah, apparently such episodes only happen rarely, but it doesn't seem that way, if you ask me, to be mm. honest. Um, as to what became of the riches of M- Embrun Cathedral, it is a matter on which we prefer not to be questioned. <laughs> oh my oh god. god! Someone's been silent. <laughs> Shit, yeah. He went from, like, good, 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 wholesome, wholesome boy to, like... I can't trust anything he does from this point on. <laughs> what happened to the loot? Like, yeah. what happened to the loot? Literally, and it's... the reason he lets Jean Valjean take the fucking candlesticks away is because they're stolen anyway. He's just getting rid of the evidence. <laughs> it's like, have you ever read Lamb for the Slaughter by, um... But, like, it's like a short... A short, um, story by Roald Dahl and, like... A woman murders her husband with a frozen yes, egg of lamb, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then feeds the police the um, the lamb, to, yeah. and they eat the evidence, right? So, like, it's that basically. That mm. is Bishop Muriel. Like, and then when the when the police <laughs> bring Jean Valjean to him, bringing the Lamb of God to a whole different life. <laughs> he's just like, oh yeah, no, I yeah, gave I them think... to Jean Valjean. They're mine yeah. to complete the circle of Jean Valjean yeah. taking them, and yeah. someone being like, these are from the cathedral, and he's like, no, no, I got them from the priest yeah, over yeah. there. No, these are from the cathedral. No, it's, it's fine. It's 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 fine. It's God. Yeah, it's God. This is gonna color every subsequent. There's burial. a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of the and, and it's like he did like. It sounds like he's really trying to justify it to himself. It's like they were very handsome objects, very tempting, very suitable for stealing for the good of the poor. <laughs> The good of the poor. Besides, they had already been stolen. <laughs> Is that line in there? Yeah, look. Yeah. Oh my god! Half the business had already been done. <laughs> you should fucking middleman. Like they'd already been stolen. I might as well profit off of it. All that remained to alter the course of the theft was to just to redirect it. <laughs> This we is accomplishing the crime. This we will is not comment ourselves <laughs> on the matter. But later, a somewhat cryptic note was found among the, among the bishop's papers, which may have some bearing on it. It said, The problem to decide whether or not these should be returned to the ho- to the cathedral or to the hospital. <laughs> it's just... I thought it was just going to be like... Uh, 
thanks guys yeah, thanks, thanks for your help like kiss 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 Meryl, like did they just like really like his sermons and were like we've got to we've got to do it they're just his fanboys they've come to yeah. all of his sermons and I they're like the idea was that he's just so good he's just so good like also like the like his bravery to travel through and bring this goodness to a place which he didn't have to bring goodness to and I suppose a lot of the previous chapters have brought up the idea that um, the, like, sort of evils in inver- in inverted commas um, of the world, like, we bring upon ourselves by, like, creating, like, inequalities in society mm. and that. So I wonder whether it's uh, it's trying to address that. It's quite, like, a deep cut, right? In, like... <laughs> Like, it goes from, like... It if make... you help others, they will help you. Thieves yeah. will bring you riches. Yeah. Like, I think it's less that and more, like, if you create a good society... There won't be any need for stealing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, basically. Mm. I, I think that's... Like, they're a... not stealing because they... Well, no, I think they were no, still stealing because they wanted yeah. to, but they saw that he was trying to clear their yeah. name, and so, yeah. he, so they gave up their mm, I don't know whether it's that or whether it's like a um it was taken from the cathedral where you know there's oh, I don't know there's it doesn't say anything about corruption mm. but the fact that Muriel doesn't return it you know we can it suggests you. some sketchy the things nicest about this people in this cathedral like, yeah like why would he not return it yeah, like yeah. but so I wonder whether it's you know when you give uh, what's it called when you give not an investment when you give something to someone to like be like yes I think your thing is good contribution no like it's like yeah like like a benediction but not a benediction like it's like oh like a verify yeah like a verification like a yeah like a validation like there is the word that I'm looking for validation is close enough it's like a validation of what that what he is doing is like a, a good thing i think it's like mm. that these riches go from like a physically like a literally rich place to like a morally rich situation maybe mm. that's kind of what i took away what if it's a double bluff <laughs> from muriel <laughs> and he knows yeah. what they took because yeah. i can only assume that they all gossip all the bishops and he knows so, and that because it's out of character for him to be like, let's do this song that's so, like, needs extravagant yeah, work. And he's like, oh, no, we only have, like, really rough stuff. If only someone clothes. would provide, knowing yeah. that they could provide. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess we yeah. we could do this, yeah. So if he's trying to, like, play them, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, um, or, like, um, Inception, where he's, like, sowing the seeds. Yeah. And Actually, I might have worked out what it is just from the sin of omission that you guys wouldn't have been able to work it out, but I've read the text. <laughs> so, um, when he's talking to the mayor, who's like, turn back! Um, you, it's, they'll rob you, I own nothing. They may kill you. An old priest mumbling his inc- incantations? Why should they? And um, and the, monsieur le maire, <laughs> goes, merciful heavens, monseigneur. But if they need you, he goes, I shall ask them for arms for the poor. So it might just be that they gave him arms for the poor. Mm. Might just be that. That might be 
the simplest possible solution. He just went up and asked them, hey, do you have any money? No, but it's like, I go into the mountains with nothing, I come back with money for the poor. Mm. Even though I've gone to this poor parish where they have to pick. Mm. That makes sense. I think it actually says that later. <laughs> so all our fan <laughs> theories... Ocean's Eleven-style <laughs> heist, Inception, sowing the seeds of, like... Godfather Inception, <laughs> I'm still going to believe that. Yeah. I still like the, like... I like the idea of the, like, the validation of what he's doing morally yeah. though as well like, yeah and and especially it's like moral validation coming from the thieves in the way that like sort of confirms what they were saying earlier about like if if you raise someone up like, yeah yeah they will do like the right thing and mm. like choose to do the right thing as well i think stevie and i are both firmly in the godfather au now <laughs> i like the godfather au like i like that a lot like and it and there's a lot of levels on the title godfather like there is a lot of levels on mm. that i like that so it's a daddy fic it's gonna be why uh, is it a daddy daddy <laughs> oh god oh okay yeah that, that's one of the levels right? you had me <laughs> and then you <laughs> lost me i thought that's what you were going for no i was levels. thinking you call a priest father yeah, that too, but that's a very simple <laughs> level. God. I'm fine with it all, except for the word daddy. The, everything right, right, else, right, right, the, yeah. the whole way it works, mm-hmm. the like sugar yeah, daddy the, thing. Yeah. That it's just is the all word fine. that makes you go, It is yeah. the word yeah, I'm, daddy. Okay, I agree with you on that. Okay, I think, I think I'm glad I, we could hash this out <laughs> together. I mean, you know what it is, right? It's like incest. That yeah, makes that's, people yeah, go, oh, yeah, heck, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, like, we, like, we're not here to kink shame people. No, like, no, no, this would be, <laughs> friends don't kink shame. <laughs> Three asexuals sit in front of me. I anything with sex with me. Kink is my oh, kink. that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can still have kinks and be asexual as well. Oh, yeah, so don't kink shame asexuals. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, in the uh, the second chapter that we cover this week, which is chapter number eight of Thy. <laughs> Our energy went from really low to just hysterical <laughs> within like ten seconds, and we haven't come back down. I think it's because we're so tired, like that it's going from the rebound. <laughs> yeah, Monseigneur Bienvenu is at a dinner with all the high-class society kids that bishops dine with every day, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> he, he's he gets dinner. invited to a lot. Yeah, he, he does. I many. don't think he goes to many, yeah. But there's um, he sits down for a meal and is talking to a senator who apparently has been mentioned, but I don't remember when he was mentioned. It, he's not named. It just says, a senator of whom mention has already been made. And I was like, <laughs> thanks. Okay. You're not going to like give me like a footnote or, or anything. It was one of those things where it's like he mentioned it before, but it got cut out because there probably. was like twice as yeah, much writing. Probably. And then the editor was like, you probably mentioned this person. I don't want to look I, back. I could have looked back, but I didn't. <laughs> so... Here we are. It's the senator we talked about last time, <laughs> whenever it was. Um, and there's this there's this bit about his character where you get the impression that this is a guy who was very, very single-minded, but then about, like, sort of success and stuff, but then because maybe he's achieved success, has been able to just, like, mellow. Chill. Like, <laughs> chill, like and now he's become quite chill about everything, and it's like... Uh, it, it's sort of like he's described as 
without malice. And he's like, oh, he's always very happy to do lots of things for his family. And also, I guess, for his friends. And you're like, good. Okay. <laughs> and you're, and you're like, he, yeah, he's described in the, he's not that bad. No. <laughs> like, it's the Victor Hugo, so he does this. Like, and you're like, oh, so he's an asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah, rad. Prepare yourself. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, mm. it, it's the, he was intelligent and sufficiently well-educated to consider himself an, a disciple of Epicurus, although he probably owned, uh, owed more to such lesser writers as Pigot Le Brun. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, well, not Pigot Le Brun. <laughs> <laughs> Again, right? Like, and um, so it's like, uh, all right, Hugo. Basically. I imagine, I imagine him saying that in the kind of way in *Man from Uncle*, where Ilya and Napoleon are in the like clove shopping for Gabby, and they're like, "You can't match yeah. the dress of the clutch." Like... <laughs> basically, yeah, pretty goddamn much. Like, and um, so basically, like, it's like, oh, he laughed as as readily and amiably at the eternal truths as the. Oh, that's a whole sentence to say. I can't say eccentricities. Like, in a sentence, like, yeah, but basically he laughs at the eccentricities of the bishop, and then it's like, sometimes, when the bishop was there, and you're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) so this guy's a dick, (laughs) like, um, so, basically, the senator comes in and basically insinuates that they're on the same level in the way that they exist to on like a different plane as it were to like the people below them in the way that it's like it's it he basically he says he suggests that they're both oracle like they're both closer to god than anyone else i don't think he means that he doesn't from what he says later Mm. it's not so much it's less because i if i remember what he said Mm. correctly sort of uh my thoughts are clear enough that I can talk to a group of people about thoughts that are really yeah, good. Yeah, it's more it's more along that lines than the sort of the gods. So I'm tr- I'm trying to set it up in a way that mm. makes sense, mm. like before we get to the actual sort of like content mm. of it. But it's difficult to. He's sort of suggesting that like they both know something that everyone else doesn't know. Mm. Like he yeah he literally says it is hard for a senator and a bishop to look each other in the eye without winking. Like mm. you know it's like mm, 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 mm. like we both know the thing, right? And um he says, yeah, I will confess to you that I have my own philosophy. And um the bishop says, and rightly so. A man's philosophy is the bed that he lies on, and yours, monsieur le comte, is a bed of purple. And like it's a super side eye, right? It's like a super side eye because, you know, purple being a colour associated with, like, wealth and riches. Money. Money because of the the expense for which it takes to procure the dye, as it were. And um, and there's lots of, lots of, like, Bishop Muriel Saki comments. And it's like, but let us talk like plain men, plain devils, if you would prefer. Oh, and, God. Yeah. Does, does Bishop Muriel say that? Let's... I'm gonna. Oh no, plain devils if you would prefer, he says. Okay. Hmm. Because I just. Uh, what's the. I'll be devil's advocate, my yeah. least favourite saying mm. ever. And yeah. now I'm like, no, oh, no, I don't no, like no, Bishop no, Muriel no, anymore. No, 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 no. No, no he's like, mm, yeah, okay, yeah. So no. just undermining. I'm doing, yeah, just, just. 
he's talking about all the reading that he does and he's like oh yes i have a row of all these philosophers on my shelf you know in gilt-edged editions <laughs> and um you know and the bishop sits there yes like yourself you know <laughs> it's just like mm. basically suggesting that you know his philosophy comes from a position of money from which it's very comfortable to philosophize mm. you know it's like it's all very cute but also the idea that like no matter what's inside you know the book like somebody can have the exact same opinion but doesn't yeah. have yeah isn't dressed in gold yeah 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 i suppose because he's come suggesting that you know they're like i know something that you you and i know something that everyone else doesn't know and i suppose he's reminding he's reminding uh, monsieur le comte that the information that you have doesn't matter where you yeah it doesn't matter what like your status doesn't matter um and then there's like this whole this whole thing there's a lot here that i don't know about there's a lot like i haven't studied philosophy mm. well not beyond like gcse right so <laughs> like <laughs> there's a lot that i don't that i don't that i don't know about there's a lot of names dropped that i haven't read mm. so i'm sure someone would have mm. the context of this a lot better than i've got but it's sort of, he comes across as, like, a nihilist, like, in the way that he believes that we come from dust and we return to dust, right? There's, like, yeah, n the, the great nothing, as it were. And, um, yeah, basically the idea that you should not feel responsible in your life to, to anyone other than yourself. Because the idea of there being like a great judge waiting for you after after death is absurd. There is a there's some there's some real fun bits in this in this wall of text, like fun things like you know I have never heard of a wolf sacrificing itself for the good of another wolf like the mm. real fun like that. I mean technically that just happened. If we're to believe the Godfather AU, then <laughs> the brigand did sacrifice himself yeah. Yeah. for the bishop. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, there I think he is literally talking about nature. Oh, He's literally yeah. talking about wolves. They're not actually metaphorical <laughs> wolves. Yeah, let us stick to nature. We are, um, we who are at the top should have a higher philosophy. It's, yeah, it's, like, sort of vaguely hedonistic, vaguely mm. nihilistic. Like, he says something which is really, really fun about the idea that God is like a god is a is a myth basically and he and then he says um i would not say that in print mark you but i will whisper it among friends over wine you know and it's like, like your bishop friend your bishop friend right it's it's just it's it's really gross the whole thing is really really gross um oh yeah then there's a fun bit i find very interesting <laughs> he says at the end um yeah talks about um god being like an old wives tale uh uh, like the uh, the bogeyman exists for children, and then God exists for wow. Men. The senator's just straight up saying this to the bishop. Yeah, to the bishop, <laughs> like literally to this the bishop. This is a really yeah, religious yeah, yeah. time as well. Yeah, it's, so it's edgy, edgy atheist yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. is you know I have my philosophy bishop and my philosophers, but I do not let myself be fooled by make believe. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. But then he goes on to say, but that is not to say that there aren't some there aren't some who need it, the poor, the underfed, the down and outs. We give them myths to feed on, fairy tales, the soul, immortality, paradise, the stars. And they swallow it. They butter their dry bread with it. The man who has nothing has God. 
It's better than nothing, and I've no objection, but for myself, I stick to realism. God is for the masses. Which is interesting, right? And led me into a whole thing, because who else said that God is for the masses, right? Who said that? And I was like, and I was like, yeah, obviously, like, that whole last bit makes you think of Marx, right? And um, I was thinking, when was Marx happening? Because I assumed that Marx was a long time after Victor Hugo, but it turns out, right, I was having a look at this, um, that Marx was writing, um, I mean, the the actual quote for um, people who have not heard the entire quote from Marx would be, um, religious, religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of a heartless world, the soul of a, of a soulless condition, it is the opium of the people. This was published in 1844. Les Mis was started written, started being written in 1845, mm. which is really interesting. I think, yeah, I think I would have been the same as you. I thought that Marx was a lot later yeah. until I went to see young Marx uh, and he was, like, in 19th century London. Yeah. And I was like... Wait, that happened? What? 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 <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Context is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Historical context is really, really strange. Mm. Like... The whole it was Hugo read everything yeah. from what well, I, from the, what I read that he just mm, like absorbed everything and loved to drop to, as like this whole political debate they're having the philosophical debate anything that comes up he'll have read so much he'll be like oh how do I get my my things in here so that's probably would be like a direct this is probably like he probably had dinner with someone who said something like this and mm. was just like. Do you know what? Fuck that guy. Like, <laughs> There's probably... Did they meet Karl Marx and Victor Hugo? I don't know. This is one of the ones where I was gone. if I had read this earlier, oh, I would have been like... Found out. Like, I should have asked Stevie to look up Hugo and Marxism, but I didn't, so... Yeah, because if Marxism was, like, the hot new thing, Hugo would have written... About some, yeah, because yeah, even yeah, in that, yeah. that book that I was reading of, like, his letters to possibly himself, just mm. his thoughts... It's, that will definitely 100%, like, well, I can't say definitely 100%. Mm, mm. I would bank on him having, having comments yeah, having something about and it. having opinions yeah. if this is not yeah. directly the opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I can't find anything in my very, very brief uh, search if they met, but there's a lot of stuff talking about them together, like about sort of the masses and mm. socialism and bourgeoisness and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So I'll research Cool. I've got a topic. <laughs> I've got a purpose. <laughs> and the bishop, hearing this, just like... My slow clap. Finally. Like, My slow clap. Like, yeah, just slow claps, basically. He goes, what an admirable discourse, he exclaims. <laughs> like, um, yeah, literally, how pleasant for him. I am not rebuking you, Monsieur le Senateur. Like, I cannot refrain from congratulating you. As you say, you great men have your own philosophy. Subtle, refined, accessible only to the rich. Suited to all occasions. And admirable seasoning for the pleasures of life. And it's like, it's so salty. It's so salty. And, like, I love the idea of, like, of how he's suggesting that for him it doesn't matter like where you're in in the position that you are 
you get to talk about it and like and decide what you think is is real and true without and say it ever coming to bear so confidently at a party like you know mm. that straight white cis dude who can like say whatever the fuck he wants at a party yeah. and it's then literally it's have no consequences yeah yeah it's literally the person who goes like just to play devil's advocate mm. to the person who has had to live the oppression that they're talking about yeah. right like it's it's a, it's a cool a cool it's like not a cool thing right but a cool thing yeah and it it literally it ends you know it's like oh so like congratulations on on your on the philosophy that you have developed from uh, from your high tower it's like oh but you're a good-hearted man and you not do not grudge the masses their belief in god any more than you grudge them their goose stuffed with chestnuts while you have your turkey stuffed with truffles and it's just like and that's it and it's just like drops mic <laughs> walks out it's like but it's... i'm not rebuking you yeah but, but gonna, here's me gonna yeah. rebuke you so goddamn hard he's he is a salty boy i guess as a bishop he can kind of also say yeah, to him like well like, fuck you and yeah He's, like, he's come at me. I'm the bishop of Dean. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not nobody. Mm. Like he can say that. Like he's he... probably one of the few people who like mm. to a senator could be like, "Here's why you're stupid," <laughs> because no one at this point has probably said to him like, "Oh, are you, mm. your opinions, yeah, mm. motherfucker." <laughs> like literally, we've okay. been talking for a really long time. Okay, I'm on. sorry. Yeah, we've got one more chapter left, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> just makes me That's really angry. <laughs> We're not going to talk about this chapter because it really pisses me off. If anyone remembers, uh, like, Mademoiselle Baptistine, she's been mentioned chair? a couple of times. Yeah, she wants the mahogany chair. <laughs> the chapter is entitled A Sister's Account of Her Brother. Um, and it's a letter from Baptistine to her, like, close friend who is the Vicomtesse de Bois-Chevron. Um, and the introduction to it um, is to give an impression of the domestic life of the Bishop of Dean and the way in which the two devoted women subordinated their actions, their thoughts, even their timorous feminine instincts to his habits and purposes. <laughs> Without his needing to express them in words, we cannot do better than to transcribe a letter. And you know, you just like... Victor Hugo has never talked to a woman. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's just gross. Like, it's like, it's... So that basically summarizes the whole chapter. Yeah, basically we get like there's quite a sweet a sweet beginning where like um, Madame Magloire, who's the, the the housekeeper, has been um, like stripping back the bedrooms, which we've had explained to us in in great detail. And apparently, like in um, in one of the rooms, they discovered that you know the there are lovely beams in the ceiling which have been hidden by. Um, hidden by the canvas from when it was a hospital and they used to be painted gold and it's like all of these this sort of feeling of like like a sort of a melancholic sweetness in the way that it's like like almost like she would like these nice things but also doesn't want them because the money would be better elsewhere and um, Madame Magloire like strips back like just like <coughs> 10 layers of wallpaper from from the bedrooms and they uncover um these paintings in like wall paintings and you know they're they're not that good but they're tolerable <laughs> and they're you know they're of these sort of classical roman scenes and you know there's like there's that sort of bittersweetness of, of it again where um you know potentially she would like these nice things or she's used to these nice things but 
not that much like it doesn't it doesn't really matter but also you know that would be nice after setting her up in this way and like I find it quite endearing mm. and I think but I think the idea is that to build her up is that like quite shallow like the ah uh, yes mm, maybe not shallow more material yeah here are the here are the things that the women worry about I, right? but maybe I, I when I was hearing that mm. I assumed it was like the same kind of letting go of the past and like you know when you've been raised in a certain way it's hard to like forget those instant reactions to things yeah 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 it I think it's the context that that makes it feel that way in the way that it's we get that and then it's there's this this one paragraph which establishes what's going on in the house what the house looks like what the housekeeper is doing and then it goes, my brother is so good. He gives everything he has to the sick and, need, and sick and needy. We never have anything enough. The winter is hard and sort of talks and then goes on to talk about the greatness of, of her brother. And um, he has his foibles, but if he mentions them, it's to say, say only how a bishop should, that that's how a bishop should be. And it, for me, it comes across like, here are the things that I worry about. Here are the things that he worries about. I, w- I will take will take other things. I will mm-hmm. I, I, I will I will hear other things one hundred percent. Yeah, and it basically goes on to pretty much what we were talking about for the first chapter that we talked about this week, which is chapter seven. That his the greatest thing that she worries about is that he has he has no fear and no self awareness of that, and it talks about how um, he's not aware of his own greatness. It gives this sort of this image of it. It talks about when he goes to the. Um, the the little hamlet and comes back with the, with all the stuff stolen from the cathedral, and um, she sort of she gives this image of that she used to think about how she, like she was never going to be able to stop him from going into danger and how awful that was. But it and and then it sort of goes. But I've grown used to it. I talked to um, Madame Magloire about not scolding him and just sort of like say you know just let let him do his own thing, and. Um, it talks about how when he, like, runs what yeah whenever whenever he goes off taking these high risk sort of things, they go together and um and pray for him, and like pray that he will that he will come back and then try to sleep. I fa- I, I really don't like it. Like it just re- it really upsets me. I find it really like because you get this sort of this great image of Muriel and then there's the idea that he's you know like charging off and it it's. Things like, um, it's like, oh, she has accepted the situation and we pray together and tremble together and then go to sleep. If the devil walked into the house, no one would prevent him. She talks about how um, even though her health is good, she's she's growing thinner daily. So it doesn't seem like a good, I wonder if we're, if we're I don't know what happens to her, but it doesn't seem like a good setup mm. that that she is getting unwell. There's another gross bit from Victor Hugo, the whole thing of which a lot. Um, read some of my favourite bits from his. Um, it will be seen from this letter that the two women, with that special feminine genius which understands a man better than he understands himself, had learned to adapt themselves to the bishop's mode of being. Beneath that air of gentle candour that had never belied itself, the Bishop of Dean performed great and sometimes gallant actions without being seeming to be conscious of the fact. The women shivered, but acquiesced. 
Madame Magloire might sometimes venture to remonstrate him before the event, with him before the event, but never during or after it. Nothing, not so much as a gesture, was allowed to distract him while the action was in progress. At times, without him needing to say it, or even perhaps being fully aware of it, such as was his simplicity, they perceived that he was wholly the bishop, and themselves no more than shadows in his house. As Baptistine had said, her brother's end would be her own. Madame Magloire did not say it, but she knew it. It just... Like I find it, I find it a really, really sad chapter. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if it's meant to be really sad, but it's just the yeah, the idea of him charging off on these adventures, um, not with no sort of regard to his own, like, security and and that sort of thing. Which, the idea of them waiting at home, desperate, and for him to come home, not sure if he will come home, not knowing what will become of them if. He doesn't come home. I find really, really sad. Hit me. Tell me your thing. Yeah, no, I... Mm, at the beginning, I don't think I agree with you in that... I don't know. Up until... Because, so, remembering that Bishop Muriel had this big budget for food and decadence and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but he decided to just eat, like, his Rivita and some mm-hmm. milk. Mm-hmm. Like... Not even the raisin Rivita. No, just like a plain, just a plain old, <laughs> like, yeah. dry Probably Rivita. not even Rivita, right? Probably like Often. Tesco's own. Tesco's own. Yeah, right. Rye yeah, yeah, yeah. bread. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like humble, but then when you're forcing that onto people who can't make the decision, mm. is like mm. bad. Mm. Except they have, I'm assuming they have the same worldview as he does, mm. and except that kind of life as their own even though they don't get the like choice to say it mm. so that's a, like yeah that's a big thing that mm-hmm. I do agree with you sad and like autonomy and women's autonomy mm. and like this is his sister but the the serving serving old woman has to live the same way as well like it's not just yeah. like his and sister there's a lot earlier as well about like her protesting about it but like she's mm. the the serving woman and that sort of thing but mm. Mm. so yeah I, I think beginning stuff I think the beginning stuff wasn't I know you like retconned um shallowness mm. but I, I I don't think it was trying to set her up to like be like oh look at this shit in comparison to Bishop Muriel mm. but I do think I do think it is shitty how this woman has been treated and she doesn't have any autonomy and stuff like that mm. so I think there's two different issues there yeah I wonder whether it's I mean, obviously, women were considered very differently then to how they are now, and mm. hopefully how they will be in the future. But I wonder whether, from what you said, it's it's um, Hugo showing an equivalence. Mm. In yeah, the way that, yeah, yeah. So it's like um, Muriel's way of showing his, like, you no know, respect for, like, how he gives everything he has to the poor mm. is the man's way of doing it like this, and this is how... A woman shows it, yeah, through like the like respective poverty of her home and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because her like, I mean, she doesn't have any control over the home, mm. but like, I'm assuming her worldview. She's been raised that mm. her only worldview is mm. how her home can be viewed by others. Mm. And this is a letter to her friend, uh, this this countess, mm. whatever. Mm. Um, I don't think she's trying to brag, but I I do think she's raised in that kind of like. 
taking care of your household and making it seem like you've got more than you have and that kind of attitude. The way it's written is sort of, um, is, it's nice to have these things. They, um, like, I know they'll never compare to, like, the splendour of your house, mm. but I've, we've discovered these things, like, in our house, which are which are nice, mm. as it were. I, I think there might be some shame in that as well. Mm. Uh, like, like with the bishop with his silver candlesticks, mm. like, oh, we've just discovered something nice. It's not nice like I would want it, mm. but it's still really nice. Like, we shouldn't have this. Like, we shouldn't have any mm. niceness because even that niceness is more nice than what mm. the poor people have mm. or mm. whatever, you know. Yeah. Mm. So I, I do think it's sad and I do think that Hugo's a dick to women. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, there's no... There's no yeah, yeah. There's no and like, oh, it was there. better that they were shadows and they yeah, it was better that yeah. they were treated mm. and stuff. Obviously, mm. like, that kind of stuff is, like, mm. bad behaviour. But mm. I, I do think it is the, yeah, like you say, the equivalence kind of mm. thing. And this is a complicated thought, I guess, with the bishop going off on his adventures and then the women left to, like, quiver mm. about the darkness and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I feel like you're supposed to have sympathy towards mm. them, like these women who are left for the devil to come into their home or whatever. Or, like, like because it's implying that they're left alone so that any man could come in. Like, if Jean Valjean came in now... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, while the bishop was away yeah. and, like, just took whatever, that would really suck for I, them. I, I don't think they're trembling about the... about. I mean, it does mention, like, the risk of that anyone could walk in and that, but I think where they're... Sh- they shiver because they don't know whether he'll return. I think mm. it's it's fear for him that they that they tremble over that. That's sort of the mm. what I've taken what I've taken away. It from. kind of also puts Muriel's chapters in like a different perspective mm. because we're coming off this high of mm. like so many shenanigans mm. that even with him sort of in the chapter beforehand getting to like yeah slam and, down yeah, on this. So platform. even that. Could have potential repercussions. So we're coming mm. off this high of being like, oh my god, he's so great. I oh, leaves mm. everything open. Uh, going off on these adventures, mm. getting this person who's close to him, their opinion on it, being like, this is incredible. And like, we got really excited about those chapters, mm. being mm. like, oh, but actually, that also does affect the people closest to you. Not, mm. not in a way that's like, he should stop doing it because she's also like, oh, mm. it is so good. Mm. Just like, another thing another side of it to think about it makes mm. me think of when he's like going into and the mayor that when that mayor is like turn back and he's like yeah. i'll go up alone and uh, so yeah, i won't kill the guards yeah, and it's like well what about your family what about your home? family yeah that's the that's yeah. the thing that i sort of but even the selflessness yeah. can in some ways be selfish yeah yeah but like because you're not thinking about yeah i i th- so the reason why i find this a complicated thought mm is it reminds me of the behaviour that I had a couple of years ago when I went to America for the first time alone. Um, So hero complex and self-sacrificing and if I die, then so be it kind of Mm. stuff. But Mm. this is the behaviour that, like, the Laomi... The Laomi... The Laomi. The Laomi are, like, praised for later on anyway. The kind of, well, I'm going to die, but I'll have died so that the next generation can live on with our attitudes and stuff. And so the bishop having this kind of attitude of, like, Mm. you know, okay, so be it, I die, Mm. I'll have gone to this place and I'll have helped as many people as I could, is exactly the kind of behaviour that the Ami do later. I, yes, 
And then I raise you when it's clear that they're going to die. They say, men with families, go home. Mm. Mm. But, but then, even even then, I think that's only because it's so that you can raise the children. Whereas, whereas mm. even if Bishop Muriel goes home... I don't. I don't know what would happen. Surely there must be some sort of not pension, but like death insurance kind of thing for the sister. Yeah. Even I, though it says at the end, you know, when he dies, she dies, kind of thing. But that's her like think, personal thing. Yeah. But I think like, that, that, I think that's more than she. <laughs> of a broken heart. Yeah. No, yeah, I think that's, that's the yeah. suggestion. Yeah. That she would. That she would. She would just, yeah. break, she would die just a broken heart like, because she's fade away. Mm, yeah. Well, she, mm. But like, surely there must be some money somewhere for yeah, bishops. Something like that was put in place eventually. I'm not sure at what point mm. I would have to check. Uh, so yeah, I, I I think because I don't think he would be. I think he would have mentioned it if there wasn't money for her. Like if he was gonna die, mm. then it would make her homeless and destitute. Yeah. Then mm. I think it would probably have mentioned it. But I'm assuming the fact that he doesn't worry about that. Yeah. But I think the fact that he doesn't worry is because he trusts in God. God mm. will provide for them. Provide them. Yeah, <laughs> another chest will like arrive. Yeah, there, there's the there's the idea that he he says <laughs> brigands will oh, like, the brigands find out that he's dead, him, <laughs> like, and, just and, and his mafia under, 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 under <laughs> yeah. will look after the ladies. Yeah, yeah. But, well, or do you, you go? No, no. It's like the uh, the um he talks. There's a lot that says about that whatever, it's the whatever will happen, will happen. If I die, it's because God wants me to die. Mm. So whatever happens will happen, Mm -hmm. you know. But then hearing this from, like, hearing it from... The the thing that I can only compare it to is that he rushes off into danger and goes, you know, what what happens will happen. And Mm. then at home his sister is going, um, if I die... If if he dies, I will die. Mm. And then, like, my frame for comparison is JVJ going, if I turn myself in, you know, I am the master of, of, of hundreds, of, hundreds of workers. Of workers. How can I self... Yeah, if mm. I, you know, if I if I don't turn in, I'm condemned. If I, if I do... They are damned. They are damned. Mm. Like, so that's my... Okay, yeah, and so Jean Valjean's ultimate decision, spoiler alert, yeah, is... what he decides is... I can only do what I'm doing now. I can't depend on the the consequences of something that might not happen. Mm. And so, like, I can only... It's a gamble. If I protect the workers, if I lie, mm. that's all a gamble. What I can do yeah, right now is to... Is protect this one man. Yeah. Yeah. And so so he's basically... What Muriel does yeah, is, is I, I can do this because people. I can do this. Yeah. Like, there's no point thinking about what might happen in the future. If yeah, I might, might die, if mm. I might get stabbed or whatever. Mm. I can do what I can do at this moment. Mm. Is that, having not read this bit, the kind of vibe that Hugo's going for? That, like, okay, here's this other perspective on what he's doing, but ultimately, mm. even she's like, but it is for the best. So mm. it sort of almost makes it even more, elevates him mm. some more, maybe? I mean, because the whole point of this is obviously to be like, yeah, even his sister, who trembled at the thought of yeah. his death, believed that he, he was a good boy. Mm. So, Yeah, we're trying to make mm. it not be so yeah. Hugo-like. I, yeah. Yeah. I think it but, adds a complexity that Hugo doesn't think about it. Like, in the way that, like, I think we would read, like, a complexity in her character 
that Hugo hasn't written. Yeah. But maybe he has, because he does write sympathetic female characters. Mm. I mean, not often and not (laughs) amazingly well, but, like, Cosette and Fontaine and Eponine and even, like, Mrs. Thenardier uh, Mm. and, like... In case you missed the quiet... uh, Uh, he has the capability of describing women... I, I can't remember what it was. Some Someone, somewhere, did mm. at one point say that Fontaine was, like, the first time that he had descri- that anyone had, like, described a fallen woman, fallen woman yeah, in, like, sympathetic. a sympathetic way. Mm. And you do care for her, and you're like, holy shit, fuck the guy who fucked her over. Probably for the time... This is it's probably like basically the good version of radical feminism. Yeah, like but for the time, this was, was like, really whoa. big. Like, but for us, but it like, means nothing. For me, this is just, it's just, it's it's just gross. Yeah. Out of all of the mm. women in this, I don't think that she is like yeah. the best. Yeah, um, yeah, but she's the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so far, the only one, mm. other than Madame Magloire. And it's like the the first time they're introduced. I don't think we talked. I think we just sort of brushed over it. But it's it's set up so that it's like, and Madame Baptistine, who was very like, like thin and sort of like vaguely androgynous mm. and like like angelic and lovely, and Madame Lagoire, who was very like, like who was fat and loud and aggressive, and it's just like, mm. I don't know, I like any any time the two of them come up, I just sort of like roll my eyes mm. inside because it's, you know they they. He uses um, Magloire as a a foil for the bishop because she's the only one who goes, could we not keep some of this money to have nicer food? Could we not keep some of this money so mm. that we would have enough chairs at it's the like table? It's like writing a character literally just yeah, to... to um, make yourself look better. But he can't live with another man. So. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and she she's the she's the scolding one because his sister would never be the scolding one, mm-hmm. right? And she's she's the 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 good patient um, ideal. Yeah, ideal who she waits in her room and worries about the man and worries but about ultimately the man. knows he needs to do what he needs to do. Yeah, and then Madame Magloire is is the sort of the like more into the sort of the shrew archetype in that like she scolds and she like you know she's a busybody and she does this that and the other and like she's more sort of comic relief in the way that she comes she's the one who who um addresses him as your greatness and he goes oh could you grab that book because my greatness only extends so high which like she's like she's that that foil to him there is a long list of women maidservants of people in the brick. And through fanfic knowledge, there's, like, landladies and... Like Javert's landladies. Yeah, Javert's landladies, who are in every single fic. I I would die for Javert's landladies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And stuff like that, like, helping women who... It it just makes it seem like men could not do anything ever by (laughs) themselves at all. Like, you had to have a landlady or a maidservant or something to help you get changed or Mm. to boil your water even if you're like even if you don't have that much money and stuff like that Mm. i'm not i'm not debating what you're saying like i do think that she is a shitty characterization Mm. of a woman and she is a foil and Mm. the only reason she's there is to amplify story Mm. Mm. or not story like 
like a really shitty like otherwise he would be talking to himself the watson to <laughs> yeah. his show yeah it's, it's like a foil isn't it yeah like that's the yeah i think equally i do think there is something in saying in 19th century france mm. in this period you needed a woman like that if you mm. were a single man yeah it's kind of like the like proto-feminism of behind every great man is is like and you're like that's not feminist (laughs) 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 it's more feminist than yeah it's more feminist than like behind every great man there is also there there's a woman there who he sleeps with and provides his ass like it's better than that but it's like it's, it's not it's still not up to the level of like basic human decency yeah. which is like we've got a long time before we get yeah, to decency yeah. <laughs> and I, like like if we if we if we if we go for ye olde um feminism benchmark <laughs> we haven't passed the benchdoll test yet like when she's this, writing her letter yeah she's writing to her, her female a letter oh, about to her about, 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 man. Oh. about her brother yeah. yeah we're not gonna hit that yeah. in this book no, yeah, no. I so mean, I guess it's having to... We're not having to read things mm. in their period because we should still be like, this is shit. Yeah. and But then also having to be like, everyone was yeah. shit. It was and so that, shit. Yeah, that, like, that's where... I, that's like... I've come out of this chapter, I'm like, yep, everything everything was terrible. Like, this, this is good for them. Like, it's not good enough. I think this is that that thing which I said before of the like you know when you adapt something if you were adapting the Christian thing of a blasphemous person Mm, you mm. would adapt it to Muslim stuff and I was trying to think what this would be like how she would be portrayed in a modern AU if modern adaption if it was Mm. like a good she'd be going with him wouldn't she she'd be going with him yeah and she would be like yeah she would just be She'd be she'd be with him. I think. Or they would be, be one person. They would be. It would be. She, it would. It would be, be her. Yeah. Instead it of would him. be her. Instead <laughs> of him. Yeah. Like and maybe her brother is at home. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or just her sister, to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or maybe her wife. Mm. Like. No, not her wife because her wife yeah. trembling at home, not doing oh, anything. Oh yeah, no, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. Good. Good catch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah like, no, not anyone trembling at home. No, no a one a should dog, be trembling at home. So it's just no, no, no good boys trembling at home. Like, <laughs> I think Bishop Muriel in a modern, in my modern adaptation, is a Muslim lesbian, going on travels with yeah. a lesbian wife. Yeah. And being good together. And being good together. And like I feel like they're they have they have like flaws that that match each other well and mm. good things that match each other well. Mm. Rather than all of this goodness in one human being, mm. two lesbians with all of this goodness mm. in between them. And the mayor shouting, Turn back, turn back and then they look at each other and they're like, Well, if you die I die. So I ah, that was not words. <laughs> if you die, I die. Yeah. So we'll die together. Just... Let's just go. Oh, I want this. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody give us money yeah. to make this happen. Okay, so donate to our Kofi. Uh, yeah, buy us a Kofi so that we can write this if musical. This, if this musical about Ocean's Eleven, yeah, Godfather, the yeah, Godfather, the, the Godfather lesbian, lesbian couple, like Muslim Muriel. Yeah, if this sounds like good wholesome content to you. Make, like help donate us make to it us. <laughs> yeah. Like so, yeah. if you're Muslim, you sing, you dance, you gay, I do mind dancing. You gay in any way, 
You like ladies? You don't have to be cis? Please, yeah, like... We're gonna make you a musical! We're gonna make a musical. musical around you. Like, let's brainstorm this shit. Like, yeah. Like, um, yeah, so if you want to, like, audition for us, or if you have any good let's ideas... Let's write this. I really let's write this. Uh, send us an email at uh, lamispodcast, L-E-S-M-I-S podcast, at gmail.com. And you can also tell us that we're wrong, or that we're right, or that we did something badly. That tickled you? If something tickled you? you Any more quibbles? Any more quibbles? Yeah, Elliot, thank you for calling it a quibble. Um, It was adorable. I love that word. And Um, also hate it. (laughs) And also hate it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Give us quibbles. Please tweet at us at Podcast, um, And our Tumblr is Bread and Barricades, which needs some work doing to it, actually. I don't think it's been touched. I don't think it's been touched, actually. But we're gonna... I'm gonna use the Tumblr more Someone's gonna touch it Somebody's gonna touch it. (laughs) This was a Captain's Collections creation podcast. Um, It was... (laughs) The three C's. The three C's. It was C-cubed. C-cubed. It was a (gasps) C-cubed. It was a C-cube! It was a C-cube. C-Cube Productions. It was a C-Cube production. <laughs> okay, well... It's we retconned this podcast. It's called yeah, the C-Cube production. Um, it was produced by me, Nima Martin, and Julian Yap. The audio direction was by Jade Liam Cheresco, who you can find at Wasabi Playground and at just JD add, Wasabi. Just add to me on Twitter. At, <laughs> at JD Wasabi on Twitter. And also, like, composer, composer stuff, so we're not going to need a composer. Yeah, sorry, yeah, we don't need another composer. <laughs> yeah. But if you've written a musical before, it would be helpful we to could, know. Yeah, we could, we could probably like, use yeah. someone. Mm-hmm. Um, we... We are going to be reading not just the next three chapters, but we're going to start stepping up the game. We're going to step up the game because we've done a lot of Muriel. Um, So for next week, we're not just going to be reading the next three chapters. We're going to be reading ten onwards until the end of book one um, so that we can start book two uh, in two episodes time. Um, This isn't homework, obviously, if you want to read along with us. There is another group of people doing Elena's read-along, so I'm not sure where we are in comparison to them. I think they might be ahead of us a bit. Um, But yeah, if you want to read along, that's chill. If you don't, that's also chill. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy. There'll be no more Bishop Muriel in a couple of weeks, we promise. (laughs) We'll give him a send-off. Bye. Bye. say that I have really nice radio voice. You, you like do. Radio you have a good radio voice. Wow. They're like one bit of you in the, the that episode was like, why is Jade not doing this? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you have a really like modulating expressive mm. voice. Mm. It's, good it's such like a good bass. And then we hear like, well, I'm here like, yeah. 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 Yeah.